All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is our first show. This is on December 6th, or, yeah, December 6th. My name is Danny B. I'm here joined by... Jose, co-host as well. All right, so we're going to talk about some sports with you guys, all right? I got, um, let's look at the list today. It's got NFL playoffs. You know, we're coming towards the end of the season, so a lot of big things happening now in the NFL. Yeah. More like seedings. Who's on the fall on the rise? Yeah. Super Bowl predictions. Then we got some baseball there. What you got for baseball here? Well, we got to talk about my man Shohei. Otani, man. You know, the Braves, what they lost, Stanton, where he's going. And uh, we're in boom. We're both from the Bronx. I'm a Red Sox fan, but we got to talk about those Yankees. Yeah, man. We're at management selection. And then basketball, we got OKC. All right, OKC. What's going on with OKC? The Cavs are high. And unfortunately, the most hated and loved family in NBA history, the Ball, Ball family. I love them. I love. Them. We got. We're gonna. We're gonna have fun talking about them later. I can't stand them. I can't stand and them. And WWE, the Royal Rumble. You know, we talk about everything here. This is sports. This is sports, entertainment, everything, man. And uh, we're about to get into Royal Rumble season. I know we're in December. We still got one pay per view to go yeah. before Royal Rumble. But hey, this is when. This is when the contenders start showing up, so... Let's see how it's scripted. And then we're going to talk about... We're going to do a little fun segment towards the end called uh, Things That ESPN Won't Talk About. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. Those little under-the-radar teams. Yeah, those little topics that, you know, ESPN doesn't talk about anymore because they don't talk about sports. All, All right, right, so... Uh, let's get started. All right, so we got seedings here. Yeah. When it comes to NFL playoffs, which will be our first topic of the day... Um, I'm looking at it so far how it's looking. Yeah. So let's break let's break down right now the current playoff picture with the with the AFC. And we have Pittsburgh and New England on the first on the one and two seed. And Tennessee taking control of the AFC South at eight and four. Kansas City slipping there in the fourth seed, but they still lead the uh AFC West. The two wildcard teams we got the Jags and the Ravens who have actually slipped into the sixth seed. And in the hunt, we got the Chargers, Buffalo, and Oakland. Both, all of them at six and six. All right. Let, let's talk about the AFC let's first. Let's start with the AFC. Let, let's be honest here, folks, and for all the, my viewers out there, it's New England, Pittsburgh, and then everything else. It is what it is. Um, it's been like that. Uh, it's been like... It, that's been the tale for this whole season. It, honestly, it's, it's, never, it's been like that for the last... Sorry, we have Jacksonville at a distant third. It's not a, it's not. They're not a bad team. Mm -hmm. they're, they're a very good defensive team. Yes, they're, they, they're, they have they have good offensive threats on the outside. Probably one of the best defensive. Yeah, teams they are. Ever. They're definitely up there with Minnesota. Yes, you know, in defensive rating wise. And, and Pittsburgh don't don't sleep on Pittsburgh's defense this year. This Pittsburgh defense has been. Top notch. Uh, I, I won't sleep on Pittsburgh, but I won't put him up with over, Jacksonville. Over, no, and we obviously no. saw that in that head to head matchup. Oh, yes, who was three, the better defensive three team? Three picks on Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, that was just awful. Uh, it, I think that was more attributed to how good the Jaguars' defense really is compared to the slump that Ben was in. Yes. That, was, that had to be the worst game in Ben's career. Yeah. But as of right now, Tennessee does hold the division lead over the Jag over the Jags. But I do believe that, you know, if Jags following games, they go. They have a tough schedule. They go 
they go and they face Seattle at home, then they face Houston at home, and they go to San Francisco, and then they end the season at Tennessee. I think that last game will decide who wins the division, Week uh, 17. That, that's a division that's going to come down to last week. Yeah. I feel like the the South. Um, but they need Tennessee to lose, to lose out, because Tennessee owns the tiebreaker. Tennessee's beat them. Yes, both but they, they swept though. They swept them this year. Yeah, but they face each other in the last in the last season. No, they face their last game is week seventeen. Week seventeen. They play at Tennessee. Hmm. So if they beat Tennessee, then they it goes. I believe that they do win the division. They'll win the tiebreaker. And, and Tennessee has to go face Los Angeles as well. I just this is my thing with Tennessee. I don't buy into them. I think they're smoking mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um. They're very turnover prone. They have been inconsistent this whole season. Um, you can't win football games in January if you're a turnover prone team. Exactly. If your quarterback is inconsistent, if you're you're playing, if both your offensive line and defensive line is inconsistent, if you don't it's get very, consistent it's pressure, a very, it's a very young, inconsistent team, and I think the Tennessee Titans in the future. Definitely have like promise. They, yeah, they, they still do. need to. They have a good running game. They have a Henry, great game. They, Henry and Murray. They they're great north south runners. If they if they gather up two hundred yards, they they they're they good. They're they're they're, they're a top five running team. But but against this Jags defense, I don't think. I don't so. think so. I think the Jaguars are the class of that division. Mm-hmm. I stand by that statement. They're to me, they're just better. They're a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. That's just that's just how ridiculous that defense is. Yes, um, they have. To me, all pros. They have all pros in every level of the defense. This from defense, defense has the potential to become one of the best defenses in NFL history. history. Legion of Boom status. Yes, and if you're not, if you don't know that, now you have to do some research because yeah. that's how good that don't, Jags defense is. Don't sleep is. on the Jags. You know, before like this, and this team has been building through their draft. Yeah, building through free agency, Excellent. which is which is crazy because it's Jacksonville, so it's not really. Yeah, like, people oh, really expect it. Yeah, but you saw them on the rise defensively last year, mm-hmm. especially when they got AJ Boye over the off season. They got Calais Campbell mm-hmm. as the anchor on that defensive line. That whole defensive line is full of big monsters. Yeah, they got consistent pressure. They're one of the leaders in sacks. Mm-hmm. So what is there not to like? And they have a suffocating secondary. It's a great combination. Yeah. It's a nightmare for any receiver or any quarterback, especially a, co- a a team that plays a vertical offense. Exactly. So. All right. So, I think like moving on. I think my final predictions for the AFC. I believe that Pittsburgh hangs on to that first seat and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I think so too. And Patriots will get the second seed. Uh, Jacksonville wins the Jacksonville wins the division, and the Chargers win the West. I think that the Chargers that that thing is a it, it's a cluster of a mess. Yeah, that whole West division. That- I think Kansas City is definitely not going to win the division. They're just slipping up now with suspending mm-hmm. Peters. Their best corner. You ever seen two teams implode in one division? Yeah. I never. I haven't seen. I've probably seen one, but two. And the, you got Denver. AFC West is just. Um, it's a mess. This. It. It's funny because last year, no one saw them being the best division in football because in terms of win percentage, mm-hmm. they were the best division in football. Yeah. And then 
all the analysts picks this division to be the class of the NFL or the class of the AFC at least. Mm. Then they're stinking it up. They're imploding. Denver's imploding. They don't have an. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. They have they no one to throw to. They have no offense. They get just get Al Bundy. Get someone. Yeah. And then uh, you have Andy Reid. He, he he looks like he's losing the locker room. He lost his locker room. They have a plethora of injuries in the secundary. The, Oakla- the Oakland Raiders look like they're just like they have no identity. They have they're just playing they're just playing football around because they want to play yeah, football. They're going like, with the motion. Mar- I think Marshawn Lynch, you know, ruined kind of this team and this whole distraction of going to Vegas. If they're not going to Vegas, it's also like damaging this identity of this team. You know, Derek Carr's injuries as well. I feel like have also played the team in a way. Michael Crabtree. Crabtree's. He's been Cooper. Cooper. Mari Cooper. He's dropping the ball. He's looking like Nelson Aguilar from last year. He's dropping the every ball that comes his way. It's it's kind of sad, but I think you know the Chargers. Out of all these teams, I think it goes down to the last week again, week seventeen game, exciting game, where they face Oakland at at LA, and that's gonna be a crazy game because Oakland. Again, yeah. playing at LA for for the division, pretty much. But I think that Philip Rivers and um, what's his name, Melvin Gordon, Mel- Melvin Gordon yeah. Joey Bosa, they're that, pretty that, good. They're, Hunter Henry, they're coming up alive. That defensive line is coming up alive in pressures and in and sacks. That, that defense also with the with the corners with Verrett and with and Hayward, Hayward. They're, they're playing really, well. They're, they're playing, playing very well. It's not, a, it's not a bad team. Playing way better than Kansas City. Is. Yeah, they are. And they're doing it. They're peaking at the right time. Yeah. This is the time to peak and get hot. And Chargers is reminding me of those teams that get hot and they have a good playoff and, and, run. And never sleep on Phillip Rivers. I, he's Listen, I know there's people out there who believe he's an elite quarterback, but, you know, he's an... He's overrated. He's, his track record speaks for itself. But his track record speaks for itself, uh, and he does just don't sleep on it. Just don't sleep on it. This is the year of parity for the NFL. Anything can happen. Literally, no one saw the injuries happening no. to these superstars early in the season, and no one saw all these teams doing well. Can you know exactly? Look at look at look. Wait until we get to the NFC. Yeah, with that, Minnesota. That's, that's Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, that, that's why whole, we're saving it for the last. The whole NFC South yeah. is in contention except the Bucks. Come on. So man, um, that's to, that's the South. That's the West. I uh, got the my East t- is wrapped up. New England's gonna get that number one seed, number two. They're gonna get our first round by like they do the past ten years. All right. And do you agree with my uh, wild card picks? I have Tennessee and Baltimore coming out of the because I don't see I don't see um, Buffalo making it. Oakland. Talk about Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We'll talk about them later. You know, we'll talk about them later. Yeah, we'll talk about mm-hmm. them later. Um, when it, Ravens, I feel like they're a threat if they're at home. Mm. I feel like the offense is not going to carry nowhere. Well, they finished the season at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, versus Indiana, at Cincinnati. So, just with the last their last three games at Cleveland... Indiana, that's two W's. And at Cincinnati... Winnable schedule. Winnable schedule. And they can win that game against Pittsburgh next week. Yeah, they always get Pittsburgh trouble when when Pitt has to go over them. And they always give Roethlisberger trouble. They know how to play uh, against Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell so well. So we're going to see where that goes to. It's going to be a good one. That that wild card is going to look good towards the end in AFC. Uh, All right, so let's talk about the NFC now. That's 
There we go. Now we're now we're gonna get into the bread and butter here. You know, these are good teams. This is gonna be an interesting race towards the end. It's been the best conference by far. By far. In the NFL this year. So current playoff picture is looking like Minnesota and Philadelphia are one and two. Right? Minnesota just went up with the Philly loss at Seattle. Yep. Then we have Los Angeles at the at the three seed and New Orleans on the four seed. We have Seattle on the fifth wild card spot and Carolina at the sixth. But the teams that are in the race, Atlanta, Detroit, Green Bay, and Dallas. Ooh, Green Bay. Green. See, we're going to talk about them in about a minute or so. But let's look at the, the, the top the, part of the NFC. Yeah, the, the lock-ins. The All lock-ins, right, the for, lock-ins sure. for sure, Minnesota is going to secure first-round bye. Now, are they going to secure home field advantage? We don't know about that. I believe I, that they will. They they play pretty much NFC North rivals towards the end. They have the strength of schedule finishing out, going against Cincinnati, Green Bay, and Chicago. You know. You want me to be honest with you? I feel like they're gonna lose next week against Carolina. They could. I feel like, you know, I know I'm, I'm probably gonna get hate for this, mm-hmm. but that defense does not travel well between turf and grass. Mm. Look at how that defense plays. When they're playing on turf and when they're playing on grass, the speed is different. The angles are different in which they take. They're not as fast when they're playing on grass. Mm. So, especially in a hostile environment, Charlotte. Yes. Playing against Carolina and a team that's desperate to mm. get a wild card spot, yeah. they need to beat Minnesota. Mm. I feel that if there is a weakness that Carolina can expose against Minnesota, it's the run defense. The pass defense is better than the run defense. Yeah, let's see how they stop McCaffrey. McCaffrey's been playing good. Cam Newton's been they, playing they've good, They've run too. so many different options yeah. with McCaffrey. He's treated like a slot receiver, basically. He is, pretty much. So it's so hard. And pretty much their running back, like their traditional running back, is Cam Newton. Yeah, you got Newton. Um, nobody in, Jan- in December, January wants to tackle a 250-plus pound quarterback yeah. that's running at you full speed. Then you got Jonathan Stewart. Who's still a steady cowbell running back yeah, exactly. in the between the tackles. I feel that this Sunday, when they play against Minnesota, they are gonna tire them out in between the tackles. I predict the final score twenty to sixteen. Carolina wins and they stay alive in the wild card hunt in that very tough, you know, wild card race. Alright. Interesting. Um I actually have them winning all four games and finishing the season fourteen and two. I think I think Casey Keenum. I think the there's just too much weapons that the Minnesota Vikings have on offense. They got them Thielen. They got Thielen. They got Rudolph. They got Diggs. They got Treadwell. They got um, they got Murray. They got the running game is going well. And you know the offensive line is not. Is, McKinnon is playing a very good you know off the backfield as a catch receiver as a catch it, running back. So. It, it, they got weapons. You, you imagine if this team was healthy, man. Like, this dangerous, this team. It is, but... All pieces there. I just don't... But I don't stopped. trust them in the playoffs for one factor. And I know people heard of this a lot. But Case Keenum. What are we going to get out of Case Keenum in the playoffs? In the playoffs. That's true. What are we going to get out of In the playoffs is a different story, and I totally agree with you. Philadelphia... Again, after last night's loss, on Sunday's loss to Seattle, they go against and they face Los Angeles. That's going to be good. At L.A. I have them losing that game as well. And because they're coming off this loss against Seattle, 
And now they're going to face a very high point offense with uh, Los Angeles. Tied in point differential with them. 30.8 you know, points, they're both averaging. And I feel that with the athleticism of their defensive line, of Los Angeles' defensive Rockers, line. Rockers, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. It will be harder for Carson Wentz to, to escape and to do all these moves that he does. It's going to be and hard. then Todd Gurley as well is just playing, playing a new level. I, I feel MVP candidate. Uh, he's definitely an MVP candidate. Jared Goff as uh, well. And, um, Antonio Brown is an MVP candidate up there. People are just looking at the quarterbacks. We got to look at other positions, skill just, positions. Antonio Brown and Todd Gurley are definitely MVP candidates. It'll be ludicrous if we don't mention those two exactly. players as MVP candidates. He is doing it everything. He, the resurgence of Robert Wood, Sammy Watkins as well. As and then Cooper Cup. Cooper they Cup. have these weapons. They have weapons. Mm -hmm. But do we really see... Goff tearing up that defense like Wilson did? I don't think so. So, like, you know, like I was saying, uh, I feel like Philly will beat them. I feel like Philly needed this loss against Seattle to keep them grounded, to keep them leveled and focused on the task at hand. I feel like they go into L.A., their fans travel well in L.A., going to be kind of like a home field advantage for them. Mm -hmm. I feel like they go into LA and they best the Rams 37 to 31. I feel like it's going to be a very high scoring affair. It's going to be one of the most high scoring games this season. 37 to 31. I feel like Wentz is going to carve up the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. If Ertz plays, it's going to be very difficult for the Rams to bracket coverage and then try to stick someone inside the box to stop Blunt, Ajayi, that run by that running back committee. Yeah. So I, I really, you gotta look at the other side. Other than defensive line, do they really have a stout secondary? They don't have that stout secondary. I feel like True. Peterson is gonna expose them with a lot of seam routes and vertical routes. I feel like they don't really have the speed but dude, to keep up. He's gonna expose. He's gonna try to hit him with the vertical routes, but with that athletic defensive line. Do you th and also with the injuries on the offensive line for the Eagles? Well, yeah, Big V, uh, he's gonna have his hands full because Aaron Donald's someone special. He's something special. <laughs> he could literally line up and 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 on any position on the defensive line. This is what makes him so special. Yeah, Brocker is coming in and caving in the inside the pocket. He's been a force to be reckoned with this season as well. And then Ogletree's expected to play. Yeah, so he could blitz occasionally, and he's a very he's, he's a good cover linebacker. He's a good cover linebacker. He's a good cover linebacker. So it's gonna be a that's good what, game. It's gonna be a good game. Good game. But I have uh, I have the Eagles taking the L on that one. Um, I have I have the New Orleans Saints third. And, um, 13 and, and 3. 13 and 3, tied with Philly as well. Um, if they get home field advantage, New Orleans is going to be dangerous. I, I, I definitely have to give the edge to New Orleans if they get home field advantage. They, if they somehow get, or miraculously, they get the number one, no, no, not the number one, number two seed. At least a first yeah, week bye. You know. They're going to be hard to stop. They're going to. They're be, going to be very hard to stop. And if the if we're talking the, about Drew Brees, this defense is elite, and the, no one loves to play in New Orleans, no, no. especially not in the playoffs. Especially Ingram and Camara. Oh Camara has been a revelation to them in the oh backfield. There's a reason Sean Payton never doubts Sean Payton. There's a reason why they expoused Agent Peterson. Yes. Don't doubt a Sean Payton move, exactly. especially offensively. Expect. He look at what he's done with this team, man. He, like, he wanted Camara in the draft. He got Camara in the draft. 
He's using Chimera the way he wanted to use Rookie so. of the year, easily. Yeah, definitely player. Rookie of the year, easily. So, this team is dangerous. They have a halfback that's a receiver, easily. Yeah. Elite yeah. speed, elusiveness, and then you have a north-south in between the tackles runner and Ingram. And you still have Drew Brees throwing the ball. And this is like, this isn't even Drew Brees' best season. No, it's but not. But he's having, he's, he's putting in work. There's so much pressure alleviated from him that he's not forced. And this defense playing at home. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for anybody. So at number four, I have Seattle winning the division. That I have them winning that NFC South, going twelve and four. Hmm. They run the table over here. They go four and zero. Oh. I feel like that division is gonna come down to the last week. Oh yeah, yeah. The West. I feel like Seattle and the Rams are really gonna battle for that division. I, I, I believe the Seahawks though are not going to make the playoffs. You're hmm. hearing from me right now. I believe that the Packers are going to win out for the next three weeks. Hear me out. It's a very bold prediction, but that's why it's bold. I believe the Packers will win out the next three weeks. And when Rodgers comes back, they will run that table. They are going to come in at the sixth seed. I believe the Rams will win that division. I believe Carolina will be at the fifth seed. And the Green Bay will be at the sixth seed. That's, you know... I, that I, that is very highly it, possible because I, I the, just, the Green Bay Packers are 6-6 six and six I, right now. I, I don't believe... Listen, I, I love Russell Wilson. I I love the kid. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's, a, he's a very intelligent quarterback, multi-versatile athlete. I believe but, that's the true MVP but, of the season. He's been, he's been playing like MVP. Mm-hmm. If, he's not, if he doesn't deserve MVP consideration, I don't know what's going on with the voters. Yeah. You know, voters fatigue or something. But... You can only improvise for so long and be consistent. And that's just not a consistent way of winning championships and going deep into the Super Bowl. I don't see Seattle being a threat. Sorry about that. So, now now that we said who, are, who we have in the playoffs, my Super Bowl predictions. Now, I understand that Tom Brady is, a, is Tom Brady. And he's in the playoffs. Nothing changes. Again. I don't have confidence. I have confidence in Tom Brady because, you know, he is the greatest of all time. But I don't have faith in this New England defense. Even though they are playing better, they have been playing great as of recently. But I don't know how they match up against Pittsburgh and Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and all their receivers, all their weapons offensively, Le'Veon Bell. If he gets back into rhythm. And especially if they're playing Pittsburgh at home. So, so I have Pittsburgh coming out of the AFC. That, uh, it's a toss-up, honestly. Because that Dante Hightower injury was a huge blow to New England. Yeah, and it's, it's a huge blow. That's, the, that's, that's your pivot. There's no, there's no, really pa- there's no pass rush. There, really. that, that's one thing that New England definitely has a weakness on. Mm-hmm. Pressure. There's no one in the trenches on the defensive line that acutes pressure consistently. Mm-hmm. You'll probably have one game that an unknown or somebody, it is what it is. There's somebody that'll come up and have a few pressures in the game, a few crucial pressures, a cornerback blitz, yeah. safety blitz here and there, get some pressure, get a bad throw, an interception, and change the momentum of the game. But it's not a consistent defensive performance. Yeah. It's not a consistent defensive performance. I say more that it's a coaching. It's a coach. It's a consistency yeah, of coaching. It's great coaching by the coordinators, Matt Patricia. And that's why I feel and, like they won and this Belichick. game. And 
it, it, it's all about coaching. Yeah. I feel that you can have the best talent in the world on the trenches. But if you don't have the coaching to but how much set time up has the players so to succeed, that it's not going to be hard to execute. Mm -hmm. And Belichick has done an amazing job over the past three years of having not a lot of big names, you know. And, oh, and Van Noy. Van Noy is out. Van Noy is out. out as well. That's another big exactly. defensive piece. It's it's big. Their secondary isn't, isn't as good as it was, you know, the year that when they had um, Browner, Darrell Revis, the Hightower, Butler, Talib. Talib, you know, like they're the Patriots, you know, this that's for sure. So you can't count them out. But how how much times has Mike Tomlin played against Bill Belichick? How many times has Roethlisberger played against this team? Played about seven times, eight times over the course of Co their career. So he's oh, if it's a Tomlin and, and, and Roethlisberger duo, it's been seven times. Roughly. Yeah, and no, how I, much? How much AFC Championship games? All these playoff games yeah. that they played against each other. I think that like if if it was another team that like if it was a Jacksonville or a Chargers or a Tennessee, you know, any other team that was playing them in the championship series, then it's Patriots all the way. But you notice every time. Pittsburgh did advance to the Super Bowl. It, it was wasn't a, them facing New England. Really? It's like, yeah, it's, I'm so serious. Wow. New England has like their number or something. I don't know what it is. But maybe this year's different. Who knows? I feel like this year's different. different? I feel like the, the the defense, I'm not sold on the, on the defense of the of the Patriots. For the NFC, I have your boys, the Philadelphia Eagles, making it to the, to the, to the Super Bowl. I have Eagles as well making it to the Super Bowl. I feel like they'll beat the Saints in the conference championship game. All right. I believe, I believe so as Minnesota well. will lose in the divisional round because we don't know what we're going to get out of Case Keenum. Yes. He is what he is. And I feel A like... A perennial backup. He's That's what he and is. And then coming off that first week bye, and you know, sometimes... He's coming playing off, well. Coming off a, coming off a bye... Yeah. First one. How, how will he handle that? How will he handle that? Especially against maybe a, a team like a New Orleans or a Green Bay. Exactly. If, if Green Bay makes it Seattle, I, I, a Los Angeles or a Carolina who's rolling with momentum. Green Bay. If, if the Green Bay makes it, which I believe they'll make it, I believe they'll run the table like my bold prediction was earlier. If they go into the divisional round, which I believe they will, against Minnesota, they will beat Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers owns Minnesota. Do you think that Green Bay has enough weapons, though? Like, healthy options. Is it going to be like kind of as like As long as you got Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson for Aaron Rodgers, I think they're good enough. All right. I think they're good enough. Rodgers has been playing practically more than half of his career with just three healthy offensive linemen. Give him sure. three offensive linemen healthy, they do damage. Give him sure. a pass rush, they, they they're a Super Bowl contender. So that's what it is. All right, so now moving to a new topic, we're gonna to talk about baseball, the game, the game of our people. Let's say this. I. <laughs> what about Otani, man? So Shohei Otani, the Japanese sensation called the Japanese Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Because he can Ooh, hit gosh. and because he can pitch. Uh, the dude is is tall. He's he he got a nice swing to him. He has a good frame. He has a good frame, and he throws he throws over a hundred. So he's not a bad player. He said that he wants to go to a West Coast team, Seattle, San Francisco, San oh, Diego. I want to talk about why why a West Coast team. Uh, I believe my personal opinion is that he doesn't want to play for a big market. 
He doesn't want to play for. He doesn't want to have but the I'll, pressure of playing on the East Coast. But San Fran, San Fran, it's more media Los, driven. Uh, well, though, think about it like this. Also, if you look at it for the fact that it's on the Pacific, so like he, there is more of an like an Asian fan base on this side more than in the East. Yeah, you know, so he can also see it like that. Like he can capitalize. Look at Ichiro when he went to Seattle. And he's maybe he's trying to like emulate what Ichiro did when he went to Seattle, but where it was like he's of a different cold, he's a different mold. He like, is. He could. He's. Can a, you imagine him going to a, a a team that could definitely need him and use him? I'm not saying the Dodgers wouldn't wouldn't want him oh. and use him. I'm not saying the Giants or the Cardinals wouldn't or, or wouldn't want to use him. They no. would definitely want and use him. Twenty teams Anybody. want and use him. Exactly. But. But imagine him, New York, mm, Boston. Yankees, Boston Red Sox. Yeah. We're looking, we're looking at already contenders at the brink of contendership, and adding Otani, oh, yeah. a pocket knife like that. But you know, it's also look at the look at the scrutiny that sometimes these like international players get. Look at Tanaka. Tanaka went and he came to to the Yankees. He had one good year. He had one good year, and then he had a slump the second and injury, then, and then he's just. Eh. I always said Tanaka, you know what Tanaka reminded me of? A good old Yankee favorite, Chang Ming Wong. You remember Chang Ming Wong? Yeah. All right. He, had a, he, had, he won 22 games one season. He won 22 games. He had a great season. He like, but and then what happened to him? They figured out how to, how, how to play him. Same thing with you, Darvish. Same, t- same thing with Tanaka. All these Japanese pitchers, when they come, they have a good season. Masusaka. Look at Masusaka. Daisuke. Daisuke. Had won 20, 20 something games too. Then what happened to him? He fell ju- off. He just fell off because they figured well, that, out how to pitch, how to, how to hit well, him. Now, some of that was attributed to the plethora of injuries that he suffered from as well. Yes. So, you know, we can't. We can't. We can't really put the, the bulk of, of uh, injury pass on his performance. True. You know? But but he still fell off like substantially rather than the first couple years. Then their then their his debut. speed definitely fell off from his fastball. His changeup was hanging more often than but, what it was before. But then then they also find out how to pitch to them because yeah. it can't be like a coincidence that it all it happened to all all of these guys. It is. And he 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 lost command. Chairman Wong he lost command after three years. Reverted to the bullpen role. And after yeah. that, never heard of him again. Never heard of him. Now well. This one Shohei has a talent in where he can hit, where he can hit, and he throws a hundred and something. So he has like a solid bas- fastball, wicked curveball. Like this guy, this guy is a good pitcher. Well, what do you see him? Do you see him pitching more, or do you see him hitting more? Because I, he's an excellent hitter. He, this is what this is my crazy thought. I believe that Shohei Otani should play, like should hit. But close games. Close games. So he wouldn't wear out, give him wear and tear throughout the season. Exactly. Like, so he will close games. He'll be your closer. So imagine him, you know, playing first base in the seventh and eighth inning or eighth inning instead of, you know, playing catch with the, you know how like when they usually run out into the field. Right. What if he starts warming up with the outfielder, his pitching? Well, or warming up with a coach, and like if it was a bullpen, like a bullpen session, it's a it's a versatile option. 
and I believe mm -hmm. he's gonna he's gonna really change how players come from overseas now, mm -hmm. being multifaceted, multiversatile. So we'll see. So I think through all in all, I think Otani signs with the San Francisco Giants. That's my same prediction as well. Um, I seen them signing him. Think about, I feel like they'll win the bid war. Think about how dangerous this sounds. You're in a playoff series against the Giants. Game one, Madison Bumgarner on the mound. He's also hitting. Game two, you throw Shohei Otani. He's also hitting too. Game three, Johnny Cueto with possibilities of Otani or even Bumgarner pinch hitters in the game. It'll make... How about like a game seven? You're down to a game seven. It'll, it'll make such a... This makes such a great difference. Especially, I'm not saying that they could. They'll, they will make it next year. Mm -hmm. But if it will be a World Series matchup, the Giants will have such a heavy, heavy, heavy advantage against the opposing, any opposing AL team. Yeah. Because you have a pitcher that's hitting at an astronomical number and as well. Think, and, and it's if, consistent. And if you think about it, like... Spare DH. Inter interleague is year-round now. It's not just like one weekend of the year. Nope. It's year-round now. So, you know, how... Even for an American League team, how valuable would it be for you to have an Otani? Yes. When you face... Because if you think about it in a World Series, doesn't the National League team have... If they have home field advantage, don't they have the advantage because it takes their DH out? Yes, it does. So, so, so having the Otani that could pitch and hit, and then having a DH, that's just too much firepower. Exactly. So I believe that the Giants sign him. If he doesn't go to the Giant uh, to the Giants, and he goes to an American League team, I would like him to go to the Mariners, but I can see him going to the Angels. They still have Johnny Cueto too, right? The Giants? Giants, yeah, they have Johnny Cueto. They and, and they will have a solid rotation, honestly. Uh, another thing in the baseball news: the Braves lost how much prospects? Fourteen prospects. Fourteen prospects. The penalty for whatever involvement they had, like with like illegal drafts and whatnot. Um, that really puts a bummer in this team. But if this is not the time for the Nationals to take advantage because look at that division they got the Mets which is an imagination and a disaster of a team it's a circus it's a circus it's a circus over there the Mets are a joke the Phillies are an imitation of a baseball team that plays in Philadelphia and then you have the Marlins the Marlins where they're thinking about getting rid of Stanton they're thinking of getting getting rid of their Everybody. franchise player do the Marlins go through like a, a fire sale every three years? The best <laughs> player on the Marlins is their owner, Derek Jeter. That's the most talented player on the Marlins. If they get rid of Stanton like, and D. I feel like the Marlins, um, they get new ownership every three years. Yeah. And they have a fire sale every four years. Every So there's like no identity. Hopefully then, Jeter built something here that, yeah. that secures something concrete. They have no farm system. So they have no farm system. They have no money. They have. Well, it's hard to do when you blew it off four years ago. Exactly. So, so there's gonna be a lot of time coming with a rebuild for this uh, for this team. Got the Nationals still, but the Nationals are the Nationals. Uh, cheap owners, but the uh, managers that don't want to be there. But I'm saying that this there. this is the time for the Nationals to 
do what they're supposed to do. Well, they've been, and this is potentially Bryce Harper's last. But, but they've been doing it. It's just they don't do it in the playoffs. Exactly. So they own the division. They've been winning the division, so, but they can't do so it. So nationals, in the how about you? Focus. You don't have to worry about winning the division because nobody's gonna keep up with you. So just focus on building a team that's going to last for the at the postseason and Bryce Harper. I feel like health really falters them down the stretch. So rest your players. You know, uh, I feel like pitching health really, their rotation really falters in towards the playoffs. You can't always lean on Strasburg. Do, <laughs> just, just, do, just do what the Cavs do or what the, like, they just pretty much, like, rest their players and then towards the end they just, like, slack off, slack off, and then boom, well, playoffs come. Basketball's come. a different dynamic. Basketball's a different dynamic, of course. But come on. This is this is your division. And if you don't win the world's this is your, this is their year. They have many chances. They they just couldn't capitalize on it. This is their year. Been one and out. So and that again we were talking about Stanton. I think Stanton goes. To the Cardinals. Can he just choose a team already? Yeah, he he does. He definitely can, needs can to he, leave. Can he just like tell management, I want this team. I want to play for them and that's it. Send me I, there. It, the closest thing we've heard was the San Francisco Joe Panic deal. Sending him Joe Panic. And I think he would make San Francisco way better. But if San Francisco gets Otani, I don't think they're going to get Stanton. No, they can't. It's going to be too much money. Too much Especially money. Especially the money that, that the Marlins are demanding. To take the rest of the contract. Yeah, exactly. That, have you seen the contract? That, maybe that's why he... That, <laughs> it, it, that's why... Well... I don't think no... I think that's the reason why Boston went got out the running for this bit. I actually appreciate that Boston got out of it. I don't think John Carlos Stan would have done good in Boston. I feel like he is that too mon- injury prone. He's too injury prone, one. Two... He's a one-trick pony. He's not a one-trick pony. I think he's... Mm. I think he's a solid player. But where were you going to put him? Left field? Because you're not mo- taking Mookie out of right. Of course not. And you're not Who would you taking- rather have? Let's I- be honest. Who would you rather really have? All right. Mm-hmm. He- he's not a one-trick pony. But who would you rather have if he came to Boston? Mookie Betts over on the left? Or would you have Stanton? Um, in left? Yeah. I would have Stanton in left and Mookie on right. But I, don't, I, wouldn't ha- I wouldn't trade Mookie for Stanton. Are you kidding me? Why not? Because, like, Mookie, Mookie has power, speed, fielding, contact. Yeah, every he's like, a five-tool player. He's a five-tool player. Something that Stan isn't. That's it's, why he's exactly. a one-trick pony. He's not a one-trick pony, you know. Like if he was just like if he he's a one-trick pony. If he had 50, 50 something home runs, but like two hundred strikeouts. He has seven hundred at bats this year, and J D Martinez still almost had more home runs than him. Okay, so get J D Martinez. Don't get Giancarlo Stanton. I'm saying Giancarlo Stanton wouldn't fit in Boston because if you look at Giancarlo Stanton's home runs. He would, That's nothing to scoff at. 59, 59 no. home runs is nothing yeah. to scoff at and shrug at. He's, it's he, very impressive. He got donkey strength. He, it's right? very impressive. He he can knock a ball. He can knock the ball out in any part comfortably. Comfortably. A pitcher's part, any part. But most of them are line drives. And you imagine this guy just pulls one with all his donkey strength right off the green monster. I like donkey strength. I like that one. Donkey strength. <laughs> Boom. Like, he just hits it, and it's just going to, what, boom. It's gonna it's not even going to be a double. It's going to be a single. Because by the time it bounces back, it's going to go to second base. All right. So, 
let's say he'll go to the Giants, the Cardinals, which are really the last two teams that are or the Dodgers or the Dodgers. <sighs> well, okay, uh, let's let's say let's say Giants or Cardinals. Who are you going to replace? Or who is he going to be hitting for? What place? What part of the lineup I is think, he going to be hitting? I for? think he will be good in the Cardinals because who is their really offensive player of the Cardinals? Matt Carpenter, maybe. But he's not a power guy. Who's your? Who's your? Who's your? I think the po- most power guy in in St. Louis is Jed Jerko, the second baseman. Well, if he goes to the Cardinals, <laughs> if he goes to the Cardinals, then I could I could definitely see him being a franchise carrying the the franchise. Him being instantly the franchise player. Yeah. For for that. Yeah, I can see it. Like, he will definitely be the best player on that team. <laughs> he will definitely be the best player on that team. For sure. But I think that he... He's not to the point where... You could just leave that there. Yeah. But I don't think that he's worth going to the to Boston or going to... Like, he, is he really going to make a contender team like... Go over the hump? No. Only if he goes to LA. No. But no. he he's had he's had five plus seasons with the Marlins. Um He's a he good has, player. He hasn't shown anything to me in carrying a franchise. He is a one B talent that needs to be surrounded by one A talent. Mm-hmm. That's why I felt like he would have done he would have been well in Boston. Mm. But nah, uh, I don't due think to so. the lineup changes that will happen, I, Boston I think, needs a left handed power bat. That's what we need. We need Big Poppy back. We need Big Poppy. We need a left-handed back. Yeah, let go, Big Poppy. He's already gone. <laughs> not in no hearts. Big Poppy's <laughs> gone, man. Just like A Rod is gone. But A-Rod. I'm not saying I miss you too much, but I'm just saying he's gone. You know. Hmm. <laughs> it's time to move on, I guess. Talk about Aaron Boone. Ah, oh, Aaron Boone. So Yankees have decided to go with Aaron Boone as their new manager, replacing good old Joe Girardi. As a as a Red Sox fan, but a natural Bronxite, I'm kind of disappointed in this news, man. I don't like the decision. I don't like it at all. As a Yankee fan, um, I like the other candidates. At first, Beltran was a candidate. Right. I would have liked. I would have loved Beltran for this team. He looks like he will connect. No, he doesn't look. He is. You could tell on every team he's been on, he has helped with leadership. On a young team. So, in terms of leadership and connecting with players, I feel that Beltran would have done very well with being the manager role with the Yankees. Boone. Boone, does, if, can, let's look at Boone's resume real quick. Where has he managed that? Nowhere. He, he doesn't have any experience managing. So, then you'll compare that and say, well, you know, we can use the same standard. But Beltran, right. But Beltran has a history. Of going to different clubs, being like a player's coach. Yeah, but I feel Beltran will be Tony too, Pena. Tony it's, Pena it's was too, a, a, too, was a great viable option too. Yes, like the man has been he's been with the team for ten years. Exactly, and I, even their pitching coach, what's his name, the um, Rostein yes. or something, or, or Fairchild, something like that. Their pitching coach. 
either of their already coach, I believe would have been a better choice than um, Aaron Boone. They're just pretty much using Aaron Boone as like a puppet manager. I feel like Rothschild would have been too old. Would have been too old though. Rothschild? Yeah, 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 I feel yeah. like he would have been a little too old. Too old uh, fashioned. Up there in age, the Yankees are looking for someone young, young, but then looking for a numbers guy, aka a puppet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. Do what you do you feel like it's going into like an analytics kind of thing? Like yes, that it, it is. A, it was an analytics. Once you got Boone, it went straight into that. Yeah. Once it, it, there's nothing that convinces me. That, especially as a rookie, he's going to come in. With no managerial experience, he's going to come in, into this ball club, mm-hmm. into that dugout, and round this team up, and take him to a World Series next year. No. This team was one game away from the brink of a World Series, which they weren't really expected to <laughs> go into yeah. a World it's not even to be in the ALCS, yeah. let alone the playoffs. You know, and, and Girardi did more than what he can do let me tell with you that something. team. I'm not, I'm not a big Girardi fan. I'm I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, because we've been hearing how he's lost disconnect with the younger players. We've been listening to those reports often in the middle of the season yeah. that the players feel disconnected with him, which is a big red flag. So I can understand why they will let him go, especially near the end of his contract. And also with his his uh, indifferences with management and with Brian Cashman and Just, Steinbrenner. He wasn't a yes man. He wasn't, and but I I noticed Girardi in that. In that wild card game, that was the best managing I have ever seen a manager do in a long time. Your starting pitcher gives up all these runs in the first two innings. You have wasn't to, a good outing for several. And this, months. and this was, and this is win or lose at home. And Girardi plugged in all the, used his bullpen perfectly. He brought in those he, something that who get. Yankees fans will kill him during the season because he had so many blunders during the season yeah, when it came to the to the bullpen management. Exactly because it would be like, yo, let this guy pitch, but don't like let him throw. Why? Why are you bring him for one guy and then taking him out? Like, and I feel like that's the reason why he left. That's the reason why he, they got rid of him, and it's not really because of you know they wanted Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone can't won't do that, and Aaron Boone is gonna. He's going to just give you the regular generic managing, but just with Steinbrenner and Like and a Cash. Jason Garrett for the Cowboys? He's Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. That, I'm expecting the same thing as well. Get ready for the press conferences, the jokes and stuff. They're going to talk about 2003 when he eliminated the Red Sox. And then pretty much that's all That's all Aaron Boone was really known for. He wasn't even that great on that ESPN. I feel like Yankee fans are really overrated. Um, the performance, honestly, and me as a Yankee fan, I feel like we, we tend to overrate that. Um, as a manager, as a player, I loved him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just didn't see the connection of him playing for those special teams. I'd really never seen the connection of him being a candidate for a manager. A manager. I just, I just don't see it, and I, I really don't know how it's gonna turn out. All right, so enough about baseball. Let's move on to basketball, to the NBA. We're like in the, we're heading towards December, sort of. Um, you expected the Celtics to be this good without um, Hayward? Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Bullshit. I did so. I I believe it. It's because I knew this was gonna. Ha- At first, I was kind of hesitant with the Kyrie Irving trade because I was like, we are giving up. A, like the Celtics are giving up a lot by giving up uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, 
Jay Crowder and, and like all these and every Bradley leaving too. Can I can I be honest? I, I expected them to fall off defensively a little bit, mm. uh, especially when Hayward went down. Yeah, I was like, this team is going to be a bottom ten defensive team nah. now. And uh, if, they've really surprised me. If you look at that Boston team, Jason Tatum has been a revelation. Jason Tatum, Jalen Jalen Brown. He has come. He, he's really turned he, into a, a complete player. Look, look at this team, and they're they're young. They're really a young team. That's it's, a scary thing. And that's a scary thing. For the rest of the league, not just the, conf- not the conference, just the rest of the league. That's a scary thing. That's a super scary thing, man, because they're just, they're just learning. And now they're winning. Not only are they learning, but they're winning while they're learning. And they're becoming... Um, is this, uh, are they going to win a championship this year? I don't think so. I feel, of course, it's going to be Eastern Conference between Boston and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and Cleveland. That's what we're going to see. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Cleveland, their winning streak. 12 games. 12 games. They're playing good. You know LeBron's doing the LeBron. LeBron's being LeBron, but this team has been filled with a lot of question marks about, is this the complete team? Is this the team that goes and faces the Warriors again in the... In the finals, if they do face the Warriors in the finals, I, really I think they'll, they'll lose again. Yeah, they'll lose. Because uh, I feel Kyrie was a different dynamic that he brought in. Yeah. Offensively, that Thomas doesn't bring. I feel um, like Thomas is more limited than Kyrie offensively. Of course. I feel that um, the pick and pop game is better with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kyrie comes off better the screens. He's the better finisher. He's also not a defensive liability as Isaiah Thomas. He's not. He's not a defensive stalwart, but he he's a better defensive player than. Yes. That's not saying much, but still, he's a better defensive player than, than, than Kyrie. The IT. Yeah. Right. Than um, IT. Also, off off the arc, three point shooting and just about every metric, Kyrie is better, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. So, I feel that it wasn't that big of a loss. I feel like that was a blessing disguise. The yeah. trade at first I didn't understand it, but now that I'm looking at it, especially without Hayward, Kyrie's blossoming. Yes. Is he having the best year That's of what his I'm career? Saying. He's not, but it's working for Boston. It's working for him, and it's also kind of like not to sound morbid, but it was a good thing that Gordon Hayward got hurt. Because it's a blessing in disguise that he got hurt. Yeah, because look at Tatum and Brown. Look at how Tatum is playing, and, and then Kyrie is even look how Kyrie is playing because it's like it's official. They said, Kyrie, this is your team. This is your team. You gave him the keys. And then it was like, nobody's going to ask you about LeBron anymore. Nobody's going to be like, yo, where's LeBron? Where's this? You know, you second, you're second. not playing second fiddle to nobody. Not even to Gordon Hayward, who who the, who the coach, Brad Stevens coached him in, in college. You know, none of that. Now we talk about the coaching a little bit now. Yeah. Brad Stevens is a remarkable coach. Top three coach in the in, in, in NBA. Yeah. Why? Go, Hayward goes down. Everything that you planned with Hayward, he goes down, and you install a rookie and a sophomore, and you're covering up all the deficiencies, basically. But I think that this goes all the way back to Danny Ainge and the ma- and the management that they this team has done. They got, if you think about it, they got Jason Tatum, and they got Jalen Brown. They got all these picks, all these young guys. They still have picks from the Nets. When they traded off Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. The heist of the century. Right? Isn't that highway robbery? And then it was just like, even when they were rebuilding, they were still good. When they got Isaiah Thomas for like a bag of chips too. 
And it's like, all right, boom, you traded Isaiah Thomas, all right, that's fine. Everyone talks about that. Everyone, everyone was talking about that trade at the pinnacle of the trade, saying, well, oh, well, the Nets won that trade by far because they have ready players. They're going to win championships. Uh, you don't know what's going to come out the draft, if it's a bust or not. Well, that's the whole point. Players for the future come out from college. Yeah. They come out from the draft. So players are not going to be born <laughs> in the middle of uh, of of, uh, of uh, like in the end of their career, it's like not, it's not going to happen. And look they at the Nets. The draft. And look at the Nets now. They haven't been able to rebuild their no, team because they, they haven't they've been had in a, a process for ten years. Exactly. All right. So yeah, and um, to this day, the Nets the Nets are terrible, and they got that pick. The Cavs now have it. Any which, any any semblance of a hope they had of making at least the AFC was gone with Jeremy Lin. Uh, towards leg, yeah. Towards knee up, and then D uh, uh, Russell's out. Yeah, they had he, a great. He's injury prone. He's having a renaissance of a year, but he's still injury prone. He's and... still injury prone, but there's still no solid rebuilding pieces. Even like They're everybody not. else around, there's not really like a prospect that they've picked up and just kind of like, all right, you are going to be the future. Like imagine, imagine if the Nets had Jalen Brown and Jason and Jason and Jason Tatum, like as their core, as their young core. We'll be. They have something to work with. Yeah, we'll be. You see, if you see most of these teams that are, are still tanking, they have pieces to work with towards the future. The Bulls have Laurie marking it. Mm-hmm. They have Dunn and Levine coming back from injury soon. Mm-hmm. They're most likely going to get like a top five pick. And mm-hmm. this draft coming up is full of heavy forwards mm-hmm. uh, and bigs, great bigs, a game change, franchise changing draft. Yes, you have. Porter Jr., regardless of that injury, he's still young, he's going to come back, and he's still going to be a superstar. Mm. That's my opinion. That's my take. Porter Jr., he is different. Mm. That kid is different. He's going to be special. That whole family's going to be special. Look out for that family in the future as well. Mm. Then you have DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. (laughs) He's going to be the next big thing at the five and the four. He's so versatile. Then Marvin Bagley, of course. Mm. And he have Donovan, the one overseas. Yeah. He's looking like yeah, a international talent. He's looking like a revelation, mm. playing that guard position. Yeah, you know what gets me pissed, a little. Uh, that gets me a little antsy is that every time we talk about an overseas player being a top five pick, they want to compare him to Darko Milicic. Not newsflash. Not nah, every overseas nah. player is Darko Milicic. Look at Porzingis. Porzingis, Laurie Markkinen. He's a rookie, and he's averaging double-double basically right but, now. But it's for the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, it's the Bulls, but still, he's a rookie. That's impressive. We can't take that away from him. But for the Bulls. Yeah, for the Bulls. <clears throat> for the Bulls. This season, who's been terrible. Yeah. You no. Know, so Still third in the but, rookie ladder. You know, you mentioned something earlier about family to look out for. The Porter Jr. family. The Porter Jr. family. How about, how about this Ball family? Uh, Lonzo Ball. Uh, LaMelo Ball got kicked out of UCLA. Well, his dad took him out of UCLA. He took out both. He took, he took, he took both he, his kids he, out of school. He took both his kids out of school. Yeah, one in high school, one in UCLA. He took him out. Um, LiAngelo got arrested in China for shoplifting and stuff. I feel like the situation could have been handled better. Way better, because they got the president involved. They got, they got Don- the president involved. Um... That's a different topic. That's a different topic. That's a different topic, but I feel that he... I don't feel that it's a bad decision for him to homeschool his kids. No? I don't don't feel it's a bad decision. I think it is. I I think everything that that LeVar Ball has done to his kids 
is sad and very like he's like trying to live vicariously through them and is ruining their career. It's really ruining their career. I don't think Lonzo Ball will ever become anything in this league. And his kids are just they already reached the peak of their fame. And they will never I don't know about reaching their peak. They I just think came so. out with their own Facebook show. So their fame. But you know, everywhere they go, they're trending. They're trending. Think and, of, think and about that's like, the plan. Think about it like they're yeah. like the male they're like the basketball version of the Kardashians. Yes, but it's working. Why? What? Because they're trending, just like you said. Okay. That's the plan. But they're trending because they're just ridiculous. They're not trending because they're... Well, the father's, the father's ridiculous. Yeah, because... Not but the, Exactly. The they're trending because of their father, but they're not trending because of their base basketball well, prodigy. You gotta look through the... You gotta look at it through a business aspect. Mm -hmm. It's working. They're getting revenue through this. This man, mm -hmm. low-key, is a genius. He is... The, <laughs> Laugh at it all you want. Well, Harbaugh is a genius. What? Look, his name is trending about everywhere. You Blast. have the president. How you have the president mean? tweeting. You have. You're, you have you're, the in president a, you're in a tweet battle with the president. Of course, this speaks more about a president than it speaks that, about both of them. It speaks more about the president than what it could be. <laughs> uh, what, what does the? Why does Trump have to be so worried about uh, Levar Ball? Ball? You know, right. like I think there are bigger issues at <coughs> Korea. Issues at hand than Levar Ball. You know, yeah. but he's doing. He. This is all a business plan. Okay. If, you, if, if you look at it, all right. He worked up to get the ball made. Mm -hmm. The brown ball. Up. The big baller brand. Uh -huh. I know. We all know you're not a big baller brand. All right? Right. You're not a big baller. Not all right? at all. So we, not at all. We got that triple B's up here. All right. Mm -hmm. So the VAR ball, you, a lot of people believe that he's living through, through his, his kids. kids. Living through his kids, what it may be. But if you look at Lonzo, he's soft-spoken. Mm -hmm. He's not a very outspoken player. Outspoken because is character. He, is he allowed he, to speak? Uh, you know, what do you think? His dad is only his mouthpiece. Yes. You, well, we see Lonzo speak, uh -huh. and he, of course, he he could speak. Yeah. Leangelo and Lamelo, right? The dad is the face of the big baller brand. Right. So since he's the face of the big baller brand, people instantly think that oh well, now he just wants to live through his kids. He just wants to make money out of but his kids. It, but who raised them? Who raised the kids? If it wasn't for the father, but he, they would not be in this but position. The, but the, think about it like this. All right. Also coached them. So imagine you, you've been playing basketball your whole life. You want to be a basketball player, right? But your dad is just like constantly like in the news, in your media. He's your mouthpiece. You, he's really, you but have that's, a fault. that's the media's fault. No, but it is his fault because all he has to do is shut up. But and just leave you. You're let, gonna, you let your game speak on your own. No, if Michael, right. if Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan made Jordan air brand. We're talking I, about two different times. No, the, the media has exploded since it, from has the '90s. And that what he's trying to do is he's trying to make his brand. He's trying to be up there with Nike, Adidas, all these brands. He's trying to make his own brand. Wouldn't you want to make your own brand? I would, but not at the expense of my kids. Because guess what? If he didn't have those kids, if those kids were trash in basketball. Would he have any success? Well, isn't his, that's the thing. They weren't his, trash. Isn't his, isn't his success of his brand also more based on his controversy and also the talent of his kids? It's controversial. It's con I'm not saying it's not controversial. I'm saying exactly. it's working. He's trying to use the controver his controversy 
to boost his brand, but also the talent of his kids. Now, if these, if Lonzo becomes a bust, which he won't be, and I'll explain why later. All right. I mean, the way that his dad is talking him up, he has to be the greatest of all time. I'm talking about multiple time All Star. I'm talking about Rookie of the Year. Tell me your father I'm, doesn't hype you up. No, I understand, but. Does he hype me up on Twitter over 3 million followers? Does he hype me up on live public TV? Does he make a fool of himself everywhere we go? I'll give you... Okay. He's like the drunk Little League dad who's like, that's my boy! That's my boy! I'll ask you a simple question uh -huh. and we'll end it right here and you just give me your answer. And regardless of what the answer you give me, we'll just end it with that, okay? Mm -hmm. And we'll move on to the next topic. Right. Why do they keep inviting LeVar Ball to ESPN and all these media outlets? Why? Be well, they invite him to ESPN and all these media outlets because that's clickbait. It's clickbait because For what, what is? Because he's a hot take machine. He's a hot take machine. ESPN, first of all, stopped caring about sports a while ago. They don't care about what happens. It's more about politics. Too? It's more about what's trending. Think about social media, like you said. What do we do? We spend our life scrolling, 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 and you don't click on everything that you see. But if you see something interesting, you're gonna click on it, right? So, LeVar Ball, you know how ridiculous he is. Look what he did on Raw. Look what he did. Like, it, I'd like to have him back on Raw. He was great. Look what he did. He's just going to... You know he's going to say something <laughs> that's going to be controversial. It's going to be like... Exactly. Hey, obnoxious. It's going to be something. Whether you hate him or you love him. That's why they invite him because he's clickbait. But now, he's trying to build his brand. It's coming at the expense of his kids. Because if I'm a team owner... And I look, and I'm trying to think, oh, am I going to draft your, I'm going to draft your son? I'm not going to draft your son, because your son is going to bring hella media, hella everything on me. They're just going to ask me about you, and about your son, and about everything. And you're just so obnoxious. Like, they're going to, they, he's going to think that he's better than the team, because he himself is a celebrity. Their kids are celebrities playing basketball. They're not basketball players who became celebrities. They're celebrities who play basketball. And now do you see, you have to see the world. So if they, if they fail as basketball players. Which they won't. Which they will. <laughs> they won't. You're they telling won't. me this LeVar Ball. Carmelo is going to be a great player. Coached by LeVar Ball. Taught by LeVar Ball. Instead I mean, of going to a still school. be drafted. All right. So enough about that. Well, in other news, we got wrestling. Yeah, we got WWE. We, we spoke about Raw. So, we have Clash of Champions coming up next. It's, uh, it feels kind of rushed because it feels like Survivor Series was just like a couple weeks ago, but also kind of long ago. And SmackDown... How did you rate the Survivor Series? Survivor Series could have been better, but it wasn't bad. I just felt like... I'm it was just glad I saw AJ Styles with Brock Lesnar instead of Jinder. Oh, I, of, that was the best match of the night. The, Uso, the Usos match was really good as well. Usos, Usos versus the Bar was really good. Um, I never really understood the Miz Baron Corbin thing. It was kind of dumb. The women's match. I was, guess they just needed a filler buster to fill in for the. It shows you. <laughs> it, it that just shows you a glimpse of how they devalue the mid card titles. Yeah. There's no value into the mid-card title. No, it's like... Baron Corbin? Really? For the United States champion? Yeah, I like it. He's as charismatic as a, as, as but a he, board. But you know what's the he thing? Th it's because he's the top, I think, right now, next to gender, unfortunately. Of being the most boring? Of, yeah. Of being probably. the most... But, like, 
other than all right, so SmackDown has Kevin Owens as the top heel, pretty the savior. much. He he's pretty much the top heel. Then they have Jinder, unfortunately, and Baron Corbin. Name another heel that it, that's in. That's SmackDown. a bad thing. There isn't. There is. Raw it. has all the talent. Raw has all the talent. So I'm, I'm actually surprised SmackDown does so well with their story. I, I got to give credit to the writers. They do a, a marvelous job they, with the storylines. Yeah. Because they make up a lot. For the talent deficiency. Yeah, and then I didn't. I, I don't like what they're doing. Like, I don't know. I just I I find it really real weird. My bad. I stumbled on my words there, but I find it really weird. What the what the hell is Randy Orton doing? Like Randy Orton is just like man. He's, he's just, just he's just there. He's, he's just like, there. Well, you know he's what? There. Let me just uh. What is what's his? Let me just help propel someone's career, and I'm just be like I'm just building block. Wrestle. I'm just gonna. Do what they want to do. Like, oh my god. I, I feel, feel like he's going through the motions of it. I feel like he doesn't have a passion for it no more, honestly. I was so sad when he lost that money in the bank. Like, really? You're going to... Like, come on. What What are you guys doing with him? If he wins another Royal Rumble, I'm going to cry. Why would... But I would, I would Why put would you... Randy Orton to win another Royal Rumble. I feel no. like he's at the twilight of his career already. He does, he's not aging well like Cena. Yeah. His body is breaking down much faster. Well, the I'm just reason. waiting for like a triple threat match versus him, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and John Cena for the title. And winner, so if the Randy most Orton never triple threat match. If I've Randy ever Orton wins, right? Randy Orton wins. He becomes he becomes champion. The most title reigns. If John Cena wins, he has the most title reigns. <laughs> okay, Kip. Can we look at um, at Raw a little bit? Um, <laughs> Braun Strowman should should have been champion for a few months already. Right, I think so. It was a crime that they made him lose against Brock Lesnar. You think you think they were they're gonna make it wait? So my prediction is Braun Strowman wins the Royal Rumble, faces Lesnar at WrestleMania, beats Lesnar at WrestleMania. Well, he, he should have beat him a few months ago. Right. He should have. Guess Vince had other plans. What? But then, then, but then, now he's with this program with Kane, and it's like, uh, where's that feud going? Yeah, I, is it going? It's not going to no title contention. I thought it there's was supposed not, to be. There's a, very minimal background. I thought it was supposed feud. to be like a Kane Roman Reigns feud, because Kane interfered yeah. in, the, in the Roman Reigns match. Yeah, and then on the, you know, it's like more like a, a revenge factor because he, he ended his brother's career. Right. Now, that would have made more sense as background on that, but Kane and Braun... Kane, it's like a monster I, I, versus monster. It's okay, like, where is it at? I really, hope it just, I really just hope it ends at, like, Royal Rumble, like the next pay-per-view. And that or, like, or, like, ends on Raw, and that's it. I just like, want Brock Lesnar's title right to end, period. Period. Yeah. I, it, it's about to be a full year. He's... Been dev- but they have a- severely devalued the Universal Championship with Brock Lesnar. He's he's gotten out of shape. He doesn't have a passion for the 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 industry no more. Yeah. He doesn't care about wrestling anymore. The best feud he he's had it. it was with Strowman and with um with Samoa Joe. How oh that Samoa Joe feud was great. Yes. That that, that they built it up very well and for Samoa Joe to lose again to lose to him too. So and quick too. It was kind of quick, too. It was kind of... So this is where it ends. Uh, this is where it's going to end at. This is my prediction for the Royal Rumble. I believe Kevin Owens, with the help of Sami Zayn, he will be the Royal Rumble winner. Mm-hmm. I believe... I, I can see Kevin Owens. I want Kevin Owens to win the Royal Rumble. 
Um, I really hope that they're not doing another Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens thing with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, I hope not. Like this whole, like, you're my best friend and I'm going to turn my back on you. It'll run out. It'll run stale real quick. Yeah, because, and then there's also talks about Danny Bryan coming back awesome. to, to wrestle, but. We'll love that. We'll love that. Um, I'd love to see Owens win and right away go after AJ Styles. Because, of course, AJ Styles is going to keep retaining yes. all the way to to WrestleMania. Of course. And it will be the smart idea to Res- keep the belt on him. Oh, yeah. In terms of ratings and everything. Right? I would love to see a Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, WrestleMania match. Even though we saw a couple times this year, like Kevin Owens, um, AJ Styles. Another know. person that I want to see win the, the Royal Rumble. Bobby Roode? No, I, don't th- I think it's too early. I don't think they're going to do anything like that to Bobby Roode. Like, if they didn't push Nakamura like this, I doubt they're going to push Bobby Roode like this this quick. Um, although it would be glorious. <laughs> um, I believe Finn Balor can also be... Uh, Where's Finn- the Balor Club? Balor Club. Where, where is it <laughs> Welcome to Balor Club. Yeah, but where's the rest of them? Nah. Right, he should make like a faction with the club. I don't uh, with know what's uh, going with, on here. With like, um, with Gallows and Anderson. I don't know what's taking so long. But they they pretty much have Gallows and Anderson. No, they. You know what's the thing? Vince has swept him under the rug. He said that he's not over enough. And like Finn Balor, like has been um on Twitter, he's just been throwing subs at them. Like, oh, I guess. I I'm just not feel like that injury really derailed him. That unfortunate injury mm-hmm. when he when like he won he, the title. Yeah. Literally injured his shoulder. It, it's sad. It sucks. It's stripped of possible possibly that, a lot of good feuds or what could have been. And that feud with Bray Wyatt yeah. tore, tore him down. Yeah, it did. I was like, what's all of this about? Alright. I'm just glad that Bray Wyatt is finally gonna have like another good feud with the Woken Matt Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Cloaking. <laughs> Woken. I mean, he's woken, but he will always be broken. Broken. That's what that was his last tweet. Do you follow him on Twitter? He's amazing. No, no. He makes my day. Oh, dude, I got to, man. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. So, I can't wait. I can't wait to see more of Broken Matt Hardy. Marla Nero versus Sister Abigail. I just see a lot of. Good I really angles. hope they don't do Sister Abigail. I, I see. I, I see a lot of good angles with this going on. I, I like I like the little segment. I like the little promo that they had on Raw too. It was good. Yeah, no, that was a great promo. It was finally a good Bray Wyatt promo. Yeah. It's been a while because a lot of fans were running steel on him and they were Because you know what's the thing with Bray Wyatt's whole thing was the Wyatt family. And now there is no Wyatt. It was family. a good faction and then it just broke off. And then it's just he never he just never won again. And then you have the Bludgeon Brothers now SmackDown. Yeah. And I think it would be dumb if you bring in the Bludgeon Brothers and you pretty much reunite the Wyatt family. It's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. It's not like a S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. Nah. No? I think... Because the S.H.I.E.L.D. each had their own amazing independent success. You know, they had so much... So so much missed opportunities with Bray Wyatt because they could have done Bray Wyatt. I remember that when he wiped off Goldust's makeup and Goldust wrestled as Dustin Reynolds like himself... I was like, you imagine, like, Goldust. Like, how crazy he is. He joins the cult of Bray Wyatt. Huh. Right? Like, well, it'll be, it'll be another Daniel Bryan turn. Uh, like, another Daniel Bryan turn? I remember turn? when Daniel Bryan, like, 
he was part of the cult. He was like imprisoned. Yeah. So he's like, I'm off my identity. No, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like same thing with Randy Orton, but not. But it will be Golda. So it's not like, oh, we know that he's gonna just switch and betray Bray Wyatt. It's just like, oh no, we're just oh, he's gonna get written off one time. Well, point is this. That's my prediction. I want Kevin Owens to win it. So then later down the that later down 2018, it could be a triple threat. Mm. Between Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, and AJ Styles, which will be glorious. That will be amazing. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to see a triple threat of Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, with his it... little bot and Sami Zayn yes. at, at the ringside, and then you got AJ Styles, mm. who will always give you a five-star match regardless of the opponent. That's make it, make it a fatal four-way and put Nakamura in there? Just think how Jinder is not here anymore. Oh, That's God. It. Yes, get rid of Jinder. And also... All right, right. so... We're back, so we're. This is a little segment I like to call things that ESPN won't talk about because ESPN doesn't talk about sports no more. So first off, let's hit that home run stretch yeah. towards the end. Well, let's. I'll talk about the Bills a little bit. Uh, a team that a lot of people are not talking about. Uh, what's going on with them? In the middle of a playoff push, you bench your starting quarterback. Well, first of all. You dismantle whatever weapons you had on the outside for him. Mm-hmm. There's no more Sammy Watkins. Right. You get Jordan Matthews, who is now injury prone, and they shut him down for the rest of the season. Exactly. Eagles won that trade. So, um, right. he has no one to throw to. There's no one to throw to. And so you bench him in the middle of a playoff push. I don't know. I don't know if it's the coach. I'm not sure if it's McDermott pulling the strings, or is it... Upper management. I think, it's management. I think yeah, it's management. I just think management uh, um, has played a huge role into the reason why this team has not gone over the hump. Yeah, There's talent on this team defensively. You have a talented running back in Sean McCoy and a talented quarterback in Tyrod Taylor who could break out if you put talent around him. If you show up, they have good tackles. They have a plethora of tackles. That makes you wonder, mm-hmm. is the scheme... And there's no outside weapons. Mm-hmm. And you bench it for Nathan Peterman? Nathan, where did Nathan Peterman come who, from? Who throws five picks in first Nathan half? Nathan Peterman. Oh. Just his name. And then five picks. You demoralize him. You crush his confidence. And the following week, you make, your, you make yourself look worse as an organization and name Tyrod Taylor the starting quarterback all over again. Now, Bills are just a huge mess. Even if they regardless, they, by chance of a miracle, they make it to the playoffs. They're a one-and-done team. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think the Bills are just, like, going to be mediocre until Tom Brady retires. They're just kind of scared. Even <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about the Jazz, the Utah Jazz. Nobody's talking about the Utah Jazz. Yo, the Utah Jazz have a, are the best, probably one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. They're a six, correct? In the um, in defense, yeah. And uh, right now, during the season, they lost their last defensive rating. They're, they're six. Of, they're they're ranked number six. Yeah, they're all holding opponents' points per game to ninety-eight point eight. Exactly. That's number three. Rudy Gobert is possibly like defensive player of the year like, candidate. He's another. He's a game of tower that you know, and and this is without Gordon Hayward as well. You know who was their top scorer, their best player last year, and they're still. They're still beating teams, you know, and they're still playing great defense. They want they were on a winning streak recently until they lost to the to the Thunder last night. But watch out for for the Jazz, man. And this this team has been good for the past 
20, 30 years, and nobody really talks no, about nobody them. nobody really talks about them. They had a little um, a skid post-Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer era. Yeah. Um, I just feel like people are really not giving Snyder a lot of credit. That he, he deserves. He is a great coach. Yeah. He is a very underrated coach. And the things that he's done with his team defensively and offensively, offensive rating, they're 12th in the league. That's not bad. That's yeah. near middle of the pack. That's, yeah. So it's really skewed because of their pace. They run a slow pace of game. They're not a flashy team. They're not a high transition team. Yeah. But they play a very good half-court set of basketball. Yes. So they're kind of like a throwback team offensively. But defensively, they have suffocate you. Yeah, watch out, watch out for those uh, Utah Jazz. I can see them definitely ruining playoffs for, for can, some teams in the first spoiler. round. They can play spoilers. They're going to be hella spoilers. And watch out for them in the future, you know? All right, well, this wraps up the show. I'm Danny B. I'd like to say thank you for listening if you made it this far. Yeah, man. Um, this is going to be a regular with us. So if you guys keep tuning in, we'll appreciate it. We're just here to bring in our insight. It's authentic. It's, it's, it's something different. And we just hope you guys enjoy it. Any feedback, you know, you let us know with the comments. All right. We're just two guys talking about sports. Catch gotcha. <laughs> it.